0: Welcome to Genesis Life Center. Our vision statement is every destiny has a beginning. We are a ministry called to encourage and inspire the body of Christ to use their gifts and talents to do work of the ministry wherever they are called to. Our mission is to provide individuals with the tools to become agents of change and messengers of God. Our motto is you are not an accident waiting to happen, but a destiny being fulfilled. Our pastors are Ben and D. Adekubi, we are here in person and online. Just look up Genesis Life Center and join in every Sunday at 11 a.m. Mountain Time.
1: Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. How many of our hands are lifted up to receive a blessing this morning? How many hands are lifted up to receive a blessing this morning? How many of you understand that your attitude determines your altitude? If you want to pray if you want a blessing from the Lord your attitude must say something about somebody who wants it let me give you an example somebody who wanted a blessing in the Bible was Anna the Bible says she came to the altar she's been believing God for a child glory be to God and she waited and waited she's been teased her situation mocked her people mocked her everybody around her mocked her she came to the altar to pray and even she was judged at the altar I wish I had a witness in the house of God but while she was praying the bible says the words that were coming from her mouth were words that were coming from from the deep recesses of her heart and she said listen i am not drunk Listen, when you're ready for a blessing, people will misjudge you. People will misinterpret you. People will think you're crazy. I just want to say to somebody this morning that your hands should be lifted up. Your hands shouldn't be lifted up just physically, but mentally and in your attitude. Come on, give the Lord a clap offering. Glory be to God. Turn to your neighbor and say, the devil is a liar. And so is his mother-in-law. Glory be to God, give the Lord a clap offering. Well, we're going to go straight into the word. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you. We give you praise. We say hallelujah to your name because your promises are yes and amen. It is my faith and my belief today that somebody here will be encouraged. Somebody here will will be delivered. Somebody here will have a new lease of life. Above all, I ask, oh God, that your name be glorified and the enemy be terrified in Jesus' name. Praise God. We're going to quickly open to Ruth chapter 1. I'm going to be reading from verses 11 to 17. Ruth, uh, Ruth chapter 1 from verse 11 to 17. If you're there, say praise the Lord. And if you're not there, say help me, Jesus. i just got to get a little bit organized here. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ruth chapter 1 from verse 11. Glory be to God. Thank you, Father. Uh, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. The devil is a liar. There we go. Verse 11. But Naomi said, return my daughters. Why should you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb, that they may be your your husbands? Return, my daughters, go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I said I have hope, if I should even have a husband tonight and also bear sons, would you therefore wait until they are grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is harder for me than for you. For the hand of the Lord has gone against me. Verse 14. And they lifted up their voices and wept again. And Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Then she said, Behold, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her, and her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God will be my God. Where, Where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me and worse, if anything but death parts you and me. And when she saw that she was determined to go, to go with her, she said no more to her. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Now we're looking at the book of Ruth here and I, uh, quickly I'm just going to tell you the title of uh, our deliberation today and it's, caused, it's called a lost cause. A lost cause. Whenever you hear uh something, uh, the, the term a lost cause, something comes to your mind, right? What are the things that comes to your mind? Well, the dictionary says a lost cause is a person or a thing that can no longer hope to succeed or be cha- or be changed for the better. That's what a lost cause is. Another, another, uh, definition of that is a cause that has been defeated or whose defeat is inevitable. And there's some synonyms for it. You know what a synonym is? A word that is similar to that. Listen to what it says about a, a, a lost cause. It says poor, average, limited, inferior, disappointing, inadequate, undistinguished, substandard, unsatisfactory. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand that in this chapter that we're reading here today, we find two people. Uh, one, declares themselves a lost cause. Another one is investing in a lost cause. Uh, the only way to understand this, this, uh, uh, this chapter of the Bible uh, really is to go into the book of Judges. And the Bible says, according to Judges chapter 21, verse 25, it says, uh, <clears throat> Judges were ruling and there was no king in Israel and everybody, everybody did what was right in their own sight. Now, you see, I always say this, and I say this to my children. I say this, uh, that freedom without boundaries is leading to bondage. Any kind of freedom where there's no boundaries leads to bondage. For example, uh, the prodigal son wanted freedom. Amen. He says, I'm, 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 I'm good now. I can, I've learned all that I need to learn. Just give him my inheritance. And, uh, and, and so I can go and express myself, you know. Everybody, there's something that goes around now. People says, I need to go and find myself. You didn't lose yourself. Where did you lose it? Uh, I need to go and find myself. You didn't lose yourself. And we're going to hit certain things here today. Glory be to God. So uh, Naomi uh, was, uh, was married to a guy called Elimelech. And uh, uh, what happened was in chapter in the very first uh verse of that chapter what we find is that there was a, a famine that took place in Israel in Judah it's very funny though that they were uh, uh, Elimelech and Naomi came from a place called Bethlehem and Bethlehem means house of bread isn't it ironic in the place where it's, it's called the house of bread there is no bread glory be to God and so Naomi and Elimelech, they move to a Moab, glory be to God, because, uh, you know, uh, there was no food. So they went to greener pastures. Uh, and in the meantime, when they, they lived there for a while, Elimelech died. And it was okay for her. She could still manage. She had her son. She raised her son. And after 10 years, they, you know, they, they, after a while, they got married and had children. But they married children from Moab. Now, let's just pause there for a moment in the first place that should never happen but i'm going somewhere because moab the Moabite, the moabites were a product of incest uh if you if you look at lot and and his daughters when they were escaping sodom and gomorrah and and all that happened but i don't want to really go into that glory be to god and so they find themselves and they got married and then all of a sudden her two sons died her husband died her two sons died She saw herself as a lost cause. That's where we find ourselves in that scripture. Uh, In verse 8, Orpah and Ruth, because both sons married Ruth and Orpah. Both of them followed, they followed, uh, 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 I mean Naomi decided that she was going back because she heard that God has forgiven Israel and there's bread now and so they were going back. And one of the reasons why she was going back was what is there left for me here? How many of you have found yourself in a position where what is left? And so she saw herself as a lost cause. And she didn't want to bring her own, uh, you know, uh, her her own burden on her her, uh, sister, uh, daughter's-in-law. And so she releases them. Now, pause there for one moment. You know that legally, Ruth and Orpah have nothing binding them. Because their husbands are dead. So they can relieve, they're they're absolved from all kind of, but they decided to go. And so in verse 8 of that same scripture, you find that Naomi was was telling them, you know what? Uh, And Naomi said to her daughters-in-law, go return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal with you kindly, uh, deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. She encouraged them to leave, but they still followed. You know, some people follow you as a sense of duty. You know, they're still with you as a sense of duty. Their heart is not really there, and we'll soon soon see, you know, because some people look at you as a lost cause, and some people see you as if, is this something we can invest in? But I want to announce to somebody today, everybody else may see you as a lost cause, but the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords does not see you as a lost cause. Now, there's something we need to understand. Let's just fast forward in that story. One of the things we realize is this. Is that whatever happened to Naomi, God was at work. You see, God always has a plan. Now, the Bible says, and we know, Romans 8:28, 28, he says, and we know that all things work together. For the good of the, those who love the Lord, to them who are what? Called according to His. And let me tell you this as we believe in this church, you're not an accident waiting to happen, but a destiny being fulfilled. Let me tell you something God has always, always has a plan. You see, with God, there's no coincidence. As somebody said, there's always God incidents. Whenever something happens to you, God is at work. You see, the plan as we fast forward was that God wanted to include the whole world in, the salve, in, in his plan of salvation. And to do that, part, the part of the whole world has to be part of the genealogy of Jesus Christ. As we fast forward the story, we see here that uh, uh, Ruth left with uh, Naomi. They went back to Judah and she met a guy called Boaz. And Boaz gave birth to a guy called Obed. And Obed gave birth to a guy called Jesse. And Jesse gave birth to a guy called David. And David, we all know David, gave birth to Solomon as we went on and on and on. And there we have Jesus. How many of you know that Ruth was in God's plan? Now she saw herself as a lost cause that's why she told her to, uh, her sisters-in-law her uh, daughters-in-law to go back But we look at two of them Opah by the second time she tells her Opah says you know what thank you I'll go back but there was something about Ruth and let's go back to that verse 16 because I really want us to read that verse 16 and 17 of Ruth chapter 1 thank you Jesus but Ruth said do not urge me in other words Ruth was saying I know what you're about to say so do not urge me to leave you or turn back from following you for where you go I will go and where you lodge I will lodge your people shall be my people and your God will be my God go to verse 17 where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. Thus may the Lord do to me, and worse, if anything, but death parts you and me. So we have two people. So this, the first thing you've got to understand, she was not legally bound to Naomi. Her husband is dead. Why is she clinging on to this? The one statement she made was that your God will be my God. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand this. She didn't just make that decision right there and then. Ruth did not make the decision to to follow uh, the God of Naomi when Naomi told her to go back. I believe she always, she had an encounter with God and she realized that come rain, come sunshine, I'm sticking to this God. She chose, she, this woman chose to live a life as a widow. And the pains and the shackles that come with being a widow than to abandon Naomi. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why she made that choice was because she had an encounter with the God of Naomi. I want to ask you, what do you say about your life? What are the things happening to you that make you sometimes feel that you're a lost cause? Or make you feel that your destiny is a lost cause? That makes you feel that you're substandard? That makes you feel that you're unsatisfactory? That makes you... What is that thing? You know, Naomi was in good company. She wasn't the first person to think that she's a lost cause. I still remember Moses. Moses was raised... Ah, as an Egyptian Moses was raised by Pharaoh at the same time I believe his mother was also raise, raising him in the Jewish uh in the Jewish tradition glory be to God in the Jewish tradition so he had the best of both worlds but we realized that Moses knew so I believe that while he was talking to his mother his mother must have told him you're a special child There's a prophecy over you. There's something said about you. There's something about you. And so he tried to take matters into his own hands. And you know the story? He had to run away from Pharaoh. And he must have thought, my destiny is a lost cause. Let's look at another example. Let's look at Esther. Esther was an orphan. And it took Mordecai to decide to invest in Esther. But you know God's plan was? In that same Esther, the deliverance of a whole generation was in her hands. While you're looking at yourself as a lost cause, do you know whether there's so many lives attached to you? Do you know whether the deliverance of a certain generation, do you know whether, they, whether you're going to minister to somebody or you're going to be in a situation with the same person that will touch them, that they're going to change a whole generation? Let's look at another example. You remember in John chapter four, the lady at the well, the woman at the well. I mean, she's had six or five husbands, and then the, the guy she's with right now, she's shacking up with him, you know. Uh, she, she, she's in a situation with him. But the Bible tells us that Jesus was waiting at the well for this woman. I want to announce to somebody today, Jesus is waiting at the well for you. Jesus is waiting. Everybody else may give up on you. You may give up on yourself, glory be to God. He hasn't given up on you. You know why? Because God is not man that he should lie. According to uh, Numbers 23 verse 19, neither the son of man that he should repent. Has he said it and shall he not make it good? He says not not a tittle not a jot of my word will return to me void without it being accomplished he said before you were formed in your mother's womb he knew you in second corinthians chapter 4 verse 7 he says we have this treasure in jars of clay do you know why he says jars of clay because you see yourself as useless but there's a treasure on the inside of you he says that the excellency of power may not be of you but of god that people when they see what happens they will Marvel and say, Jesus, glory be to God. So, I want to just touch on a few things. What happens to us uh, when we feel that we're in a lost cause? What happens to us when we think that what we're doing is going nowhere? It seems like we're going round and round and round in circles. I was reading an article, I think it was by a guy called Mark, Matt Clark, and he came up with some things that I think is very, very interesting. Number one, the first thing you got to see is when you feel that you're in a lost cause, is that you're not alone. He says, I'm a very present help in time of trouble. You see, David understood it. He says, even though I make my bed in hell, you are there with me. You are not alone. He would never leave you nor forsake you. The story of the prodigal son. You remember the prodigal son made his own way. He made a mess of his life. But the Bible tells us that that his father was always anticipating his coming back. You may give up on yourself, but God never gives up on you. Oh, the reason he can't give up on you is because he's invested too much in you for him to give up in you. He invested his only begotten son. If I were you, I would look at myself and i say, I'm all that and a bag of chips. <laughs> Glory be to God. Because God saw it fit. That if you were the only person on earth, he still would have sacrificed his only begotten son. You see, when the Bible says his only begotten son, you need to understand it. He's saying that all that God God is and all that he will ever be, he invested in you. You are not alone. The next thing you got to understand when you feel like you're a lost cause, just remember that you're still here. If you're a lost cause, you won't be here. Glory be to God. You're still standing. You're still here. With everything Naomi went through, glory be to God, she forgot that she was still here. And that meant that, Her husband's gone. Her children are gone. She may think everything else is gone. But she's still here. That means God is still up to something. Ladies and gentlemen, every time you're going through a tough time in life, you need to understand that God is up to something. You may not be able to explain it. I'm not saying that the pain is not there. Oh, I've been through some stuff that is very painful. You know, I've always said this and I heard, I think a doctor said it, but I've always imagined it. You know, if I'm going to choose between pain, physical pain and mental pain, I will choose physical pain all day long. You know, when you get to a point in your life where you begin to second-guess yourself, even when when you're doing right, you still think you're doing wrong. When you think you're on the right track, you still feel you're you're not on the right track. Everybody has something to say about you, but you don't have anything to say about yourself. Let me look at another lost cause. You remember Job? You remember Job? Does somebody remember Job? you see every time I read Job every time I remember Job I feel cool about myself because I haven't been through one tenth one hundredth of what Job went through but here's the thing Job nobody remembered him when he was doing well all of a sudden now some three fellas come over and they always have a plan of the reason they always have a dissertation on why you're going through what you're going through they said it's because of his sin you know you know a popular scripture and i use it to pray all the time uh job chapter 5 verse 12 it says and he frustrates is that is that it yeah he frustrates the token of the liar That the enemy is unable to carry out his plan. Do you know that it was one of his friends that was telling him that if you are doing well, God will frustrate the enemy. In other words, whatever you went through, it's your fault. And sometimes whatever you go through is not your fault. It's just God at work. See, the, the scripture says, Let my enemy not rejoice for when I fall, i will rise it's because god is up to something the bible says the glory of the latter house shall be greater than the former glory be to god anybody can say whatever they want but i want to point out what the enemy is trying to do to you he gets you he tries to isolate you he tries to get you to be lonely He tries to isolate you. And the way he isolates you is by telling you nobody understands you. Nobody cares about what you're going through. But do you realize in this same scripture, while Naomi is trying to be alone and doesn't want any burden, Ruth still cares about her. And ladies and gentlemen, if you only open your eyes, you'll see that there are people who care about you. But one of the problems is we, the way we receive it, the way we're expecting it is not the way God gives it. You see, God will never always give you somebody who's going to pat, pat you on the back. God will always sometimes bring people who will provoke you to fulfill destiny. They will get you angry enough. Glory be to God. I, I, I remember and this is just me personally uh, you know uh, uh, this was uh, as, a, as a, a young kid I was playing I was playing soccer and uh, and uh, the assistant coach looked at me he said he called me Benny one foot meaning that I could only play with my left foot and it's a fact yeah I can do other things with my right foot. I can pass the ball I can do all that but I just but I but what that did to me it got me mad it got me mad, and I remember in that youth sucker that season. As somebody who plays in the defense, I scored five goals because I got mad. You see, ladies and gentlemen, what usually happens when you declare yourself a lost cause? God will send you a paniner. Do you know who paniner is? God will always send you a paniner who will provoke you enough that you say, "Enough is this." Even if it's even if it's just to shut the paniners up, you're gonna get up. But God always uses those people. And you know, those people will just be, it could be somebody in church. It could be somebody, one of your colleagues. You know, uh, you always have a colleague who gets on your last nerve. It could be somebody in your family. Glory be to God. So the one thing is that try not to get yourself isolated. What the enemy wants you to do is to think that your situation is worse than it is. It's not saying that it's not painful. It's not saying that it's not a bad situation. But don't allow the enemy to get you to the place where you're alone. Where you isolate everybody. You see, what happened to Naomi here was that she was rejecting everybody because of her pain. Because of her pain, she was rejecting everybody. Ruth had to tell her and say to her, listen, don't even go there. When he said, do not urge me, he said, I know what you're about to say, but don't even go there. Where you go, I will go. So the truth of the matter is, there are always people around you that care for you, but because you're so clouded by your pain, you don't see the people who care. And let me tell you something, your breakthrough is not on your timetable. It's on God's timetable. You see, you are called according to his purpose. See, most of the time, oh God, do it now, do it now, do it now. It's not your purpose. And you know, the reason you're saying do it now is because we haven't matured. God wants to get us to the place of maturity. You see, a child, you see that little boy as he was coming uh, to, to the stage, when they carried him, he was crying. It's just his maturity. Because he just wants to be satisfied right now. He wants the pain to go right now and most of us as children of god we want it right now but what god is trying to do is it has to get us to the place of maturity because when you get to the place of blessing you probably spoil it so number one he is with you number two you're still here number three there's people around you who care for you Number four, you need to understand, you still have much to give. I don't care how old you are, how young you are, how tall you are, how short you are, how skinny you are, how fat you are. It doesn't matter. You still have much to give. Naomi didn't realize that there's still much to give. Let me tell you something. When Naomi took Ruth back to Judah, how many of you know that she became a mentor to Ruth, if you remember the story? She told Ruth what to do, how to do it, how to get what she wanted, how to get Boaz not to sleep at night, thinking about her all night, that this woman's a hot mama. She's the best thing that's happened since sliced bread. But she called, even Naomi called herself Mara, mean bitterness. Naomi means pleasant. But because of her experience, she called, said, don't call me Naomi. Call me bitterness. There's still much inside of you to give. I don't care where you are. I don't care what that pain is. There's still much for you to give. Glory be to God. She did not realize there was something on the inside. The reason why she existed was because of Ruth. The reason why Mordecai existed was because of Esther. I wish I had a witness in the house of God. The reason why you are alive today is because of somebody. What did Ruth... Now I want to really concentrate on Ruth. Ruth is a Moabite. Yet she says something about God. She says, don't even tell me to turn back. Your God will be my God. When she says, go back to, thank you. But do not urge me to leave leave you or turn back from following you. For wherever you go, I will go. Do you know what she was saying there? Wherever the Lord leads you, I'm going to follow you. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the house of God. Ooh, wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Wherever the Lord makes a transition point for you, that's where I'm going to stay. See, Ruth understood something about this God that Opa didn't. See, Opa, uh, don't blame Opa, because if you look at it from a natural point of view, from a logic point of view, Orpah has no reason to stay with Naomi. Her husband is dead. She has no children. What's left? And she's at an age where she can bear children. She has a second chance, a, a second bite at a cherry to go and marry somebody else. But there was something that Ruth understood that she didn't understand. So they were both Moabites, you see. But they both had an encounter with the God of Naomi, with the God of Elimelech. I I would imagine they will get to a point where it's, oh, so this is what this God is all about. So Ruth, before she had that encounter there, she already made up her mind that this God will be my God. She says, your people will be my people. In other words, she understood that the Israelites were chosen people, which made her chosen by proxy. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the house of God. She understood who God was. Ladies and gentlemen, there are people under the sound of my voice. God has called you to do something, but it looks as though the doors are being shut. And it looks like, are you investing in a lost cause? I want to announce to somebody today, you are on the right cause. So what did Ruth know that Oprah didn't? Number one, she knew God. See, there's something that this pandemic has made most pastors understand is that a lot of people think they know God, but they didn't. They come to our churches, they jump up and down, they think they know God, they don't know God. The Bible tells me according to Daniel chapter 11:32, 32, and they that know their God, they should do what? Oh, they will be strong listen why did he say they will be strong there's got to be a point where they'll have no strength and where would they lose strength when there's discouragement when there's disappointment when there's betrayal when there's all these kinds of stuff he says and they that know their God they will be strong and they will do what oh. she knew this God she didn't know about God she knew God That's why she said, where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Where you, in other words, what she was saying, wherever the Lord is leading you. She, listen, you got to read in between the lines. Ruth understood. This woman says she must have understood that there was a famine in Judah that brought this woman here. And she would have known that the reason why that happened, because in the Jewish tradition, they always pass on history. Always pass on history. Always pass on history, and she would have known that now. That that means she's going back to her land. And the Bible tells us the reason why. If you read the whole chapter, was because now the famine has gone away. God has favoured Judah again. So she's going back. So she says, "I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going now. I've come to. I, I, I'm not about to give up now. I've come too far from where I started." I'm not about to give up now. Listen, you have got to understand. Logic tells her to quit, and there's somebody under the sound of my voice. And logic tells you to quit. Logic tells you to give up on your dream. Circumstances around you tells you to give up your 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 dream. Now let me tell you something about circumstances. I read a book some years ago. By a, it's an old book by James Allen. Uh, it's As a man thinks, he says circumstances. Doesn't make you, but it uh let me see if I wrote it somewhere because oh Lord have mercy. Thank you. Aha. See, circumstances does not make men, but he reveals himself to him. The when you go through circumstances, it just brings out the real you. The you that has been hidden that will be a hindrance or that will be a blessing, circumstances bring it out. And that's God at work. It reveals the the real you. And so the second thing that we got to understand that Ruth understood, she understood the battle of self. Ooh. 90% of Christians, I'm convinced today, 90% of Christians don't even really have a clue what Christianity is all about. Christianity is about him, not you. Ooh. It's not majorly about your breakthrough. 90% of the time, you see people come here, oh, I bought a car, yeah, uh, I didn't have a car, and today I have a car. Praise the Lord! Oh, one time, and, and the one that irritates me the most uh, is when you go on television and somebody says, oh, before there was $34 in my account, and all of a sudden I woke up and there was 50,000. You teeth! did you work for it didn't the Bible say if you work you don't eat didn't the Bible say your gifts will make room for you did not the Bible say show me a diligent man he will not he will not stand before me a man he will stand before Kings did he say that the hands of the diligent tend to plenty and you're sitting there waiting for some manna to come from heaven do you realize that when the Israelites got to the promised land manna ceased? don't you say the devil, the devil is a liar oh glory be to god thank you jesus this is what naomi knew god she knew god and they that know their god oh glory be to god they will be strong how listen you remember the story about david and the bible says you know he was running away from saul and uh and uh you know he ended up in a place called Ziglag, and when they were running around they got plundered and the people he didn't ask them to follow him they followed him nevertheless they were go- they were now blaming him for their own calamity and they were going to stone him and the bible says he encouraged himself in the lord how many of us know psalm 23 a lot of us may know it by heart. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie in the and uh, Okay, I can't remember it now. Uh, he maketh me to lie in the green pastures. He restored myself. He lead me in the part of righteousness for his name. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of the temple, the before me. We quote that. Do you know that David had nothing at the time? He had nothing he was a fugitive he was the enemy of the state he was so hungry he went to the priest to the priest at no he says listen give me something to eat and they said oh these are the sacred bread he said give it to me i'm gonna eat it yet he said the lord is my shepherd i shall not lack many times he he missed death by just an hair Yes even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death I felt that was faith. He knew God. The same thing with Ruth who happens to be a Moabite. She knew this God, wherever you go I will go. Wherever you lodge I will lodge. I preached a message a while ago and I always tell people do not make your stay over your final destination. See, whatever you're going through right now is just a layover. It's not your final destination. Because I know what the final destination is. It's according to Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Glory be to God. It's to bring you to an expected end. What expected end is the end that God uh, uh, created before the foundations of the earth. So to you and say, I'm not a lost cause. Say, I'm not a lost cause. Oh, glory be to God. I just want to concentrate a little bit on what, this, what Ruth knew. Ruth knew the God. And ladies and gentlemen, at this time, you know, everybody's talking about the new normal, whether we're going to have a shutdown, whether we're not going to have a shutdown. Let me tell you something. While we're dilly-dallying, God is still constant. And this is the time for you to know your God. You're not waiting for the pastor to cajole you. You're not waiting for, but I don't to ask you to come to a uh, discipleship class. You seek him while he may be found. If you look at every hero in the Bible, they sought the Lord. It wasn't something that it did on a Sunday. You know, they didn't just dust their Bibles on Sunday morning and say, "Let's go." The next and the next time they picked up their Bible was Sunday morning again. They sought him in prayer. They sought him. The Bible says, "Seek him like gold." Second thing is dealing with self. You know, what when you're going through a situation you what itself arises big time you know and i I was sharing with some friends of mine about idol worship and every time we hear about idol worship in the bible all we're thinking about is bowing to this bowing to that but the greatest i the what god was trying to talk about when he said about idol worship he was talking about you making yourself god making yourself more important than god and we all including myself we all do it It's me first. It's me first. And so Ruth had to deal with herself. You know what self does? Self looks for the quickest way to get a relief. But she says, No, I'm going to stay the course. I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay the course. She says, Let your God be my God. Let your God be my God. She got to a situation where she realized. This is my God. What did Ruth know? She knew God. She recognized herself as an idol and she had to deal with idol worship of self. Number 3. This is the most we quote these scriptures all the time and I want to tell people today don't try to go too deep. Scripture is simple. Scripture, is. we try to go deep like you want to get some deep revelation from somewhere, from somewhere. Deep, 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 deep. Just go by the word of God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not. In other words, that's where I want to go. The word lean is don't make your own understanding as your support your understanding uh your uh, and when we talk about understanding your skill becomes your support it becomes your it becomes your everything uh it's always done this way i know how to go this way i know how to maneuver this way i I, I always say this and uh, because i'm going to be preaching at the pastors conference uh, very soon and i always say whenever we go to pastors conference it's almost as if you need an mba to be a pastor everybody and i said where is the presence of god where is the god who called you why don't you seek him you want to go into business everybody's like, oh, business they're doing this that and the other you want to go into a career you're doing this and that where is the god do you know that god always gave a secret you know daniel was in babylon you know and there were all other guys around them they said interpret a dream and daniel came back With all the skill that everybody had, Daniel says, God is the one who's going to interpret this dream. And God gave him. Listen, God will give you a secret. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 25 verse 14, he said, the secret things belong to those who fear him. And he makes his covenant known to them. I'm not saying don't beef up your skills. That's not what I'm saying. But don't make your skills the be-all and the end-all. Make God the be-all and the end-all. Don't lean onto your own understanding. You see, Oprah leaned onto her own understanding. Logic told her, "You know what? There's nothing legally binding me to this woman. I have no children. I have nothing left. I have. No- I can go back But Ruth did not lean to her own understanding. Do you know why? Because according to Psalms one hundred and nineteen, verse one hundred and thirty, he says, "The entrance of your word brings light and understanding." Let the word give you an understanding about every situation in life. Whenever you feel like you're lost, cause, whenever, let the word of God. Listen, my wife and I, we, re, we, we begin, we realized this a while ago, but we're more, much more now. We're realizing that the word answers every question it's the word is complete totally i don't care what it is the word has an answer for it says says the entrance uh, another translation says the um, lovely i love that's my translation i like the the uh the uh nesb says the unfolding of your words the unfolding of your words gives light what does that mean when you find yourself in a dark place it gives you light you know it gives you light in other words if it gives you a way it gives you uh, sight to see how to get out of that situation the unfolding of yours gives light and it gives understanding to the simple the word simple then means you have to get to the place where you don't feel that you know more than god i stopped saying this many times i'll say um you know, the Lord gave me a word, but he just changed the word, like as if God didn't know what he was going to say in the beginning. Lean not to your own understanding. Lean not to your own understanding. See, I'm talking about knowing God. You know, you know, um, uh, Ruth, and I keep trying not to say Ruthie, because my daughter's name is Ruthie. <laughs> you know, uh uh, you know, Ruth understood something. I Her knowing God was well, she was in the Word. Psalm thirty-seven, verse twenty-five. He says, "I am young and I am old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed beg for bread." Now, here's the thing: she's a widow. You see, widows those days, they had no 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 uh, no form of income because their income was based on their husband. She's a foreigner. She's a Moabite. Who, the place she's going, they don't, they don't even like her. But she understood that, no matter what, I will never be forsaken. I will never beg for bread. And you know the story. Glory be to God. When you find yourself in a place where you feel you're a lost cause. Or whatever you're, you're you're working on or whatever you feel your destiny is tending to be a lost cause the next thing you gotta the, the major battle you need to fight is the battle of the mind see the enemy never attacked say, oh the enemy was trying to kill you physically you know <laughs> he tries to kill to, to hurt you physically because he knows that once he gets you physically he'll get you mentally you gotta understand the enemy is really is not interested in your physical being he's more interested in what's in here because what's in here you see what you believe helps you overcome what you see what you believe helps you overcome what you see It looks like she's a lost cause, but what, you, what Ruth believed helped her overcome what she sees. Because what you see tends to pull you down. But what she believed helped her to overcome what she saw. Like, Yeah, it's a fact, but don't let a fact get in the way of the truth. It's a fact that she's a widow. It's a fact that she has no child. It's a fact that she's a Moabite. But it's still not the truth that that's the end of her the bible says you shall know the truth and the truth that you know will set you free you know when jesus was praying for his disciples he says sanctify them in john chapter 17 sanctify them by the truth your word is truth i don't care what they're saying about the pandemic people are dying yeah I may catch it I may not catch it but one thing I do know it's not going to stop me from fulfilling destiny glory be to God how many have been blessed so far see David understood something he said I would have despaired I would have given up I would have given up if I had not believed that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living what he meant by the land of he's not talking about heaven he said right here before I die oh glory be to God how many of you believe you see the goodness of the land of the living Oh no no. I said how many people believe. You see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. No no no. I'm not convinced. How many of you believe. You will see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. Oh no no. I'm not convinced. Listen. I said how many of you believe. You will see the goodness of the Lord. In the land of the living. Listen. I know what I'm talking about. Because tomorrow is Monday. You can be hyped up now. What are you going to do tomorrow? What are you going to do tomorrow. When somebody rejects you. You know you can go in somewhere and somebody could just not like you for no reason and you know what that is that's their problem not mine oh glory be to god i I, I don't know why i'm getting so excited in my spirit let me tell you something if you get these principles they will yes you'll be you may be down but it won't even last naomi saw herself as a lost cause ruth invested her life in a lost cause but how many of you know it's not a lost cause let me tell you something how many of you know what god has called you to do right now just be honest how many of you are just ah i'm not so sure let me tell you something let me make it simple for you philippians 2 13. God wills in you to desire and do of his good pleasure. If you are desiring to do it, he has called you. Stop waiting for angel Gabriel to jump from the sea. To jump there and say, hark, thou art Ben, thou shalt be a pastor. The devil is a liar. He wills in you to desire and to do of his good pleasure. we've made prophecy so spooky we've made it every time somebody's given a prophecy it's as if they smell something bad He's here. Like, mm. you see them as if they smell something but like maybe somebody just farted. he's here like, mm. I woke up 3 a.m. in the morning, like as if God can't speak to you at 10 a.m. in the morning you hearing God 3 a.m. doesn't make it any more spiritual After I fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Don't get me wrong, fasting is good, God is still working on me. Praise God. You need to understand it. You're not a lost cause. And I want to say to somebody, it doesn't matter how many mistakes you make. You may be doing the thing over and over and still making a mistake. But the good thing is that you're not giving up. The title of my message is a lost cause ladies and gentlemen i want to announce to you you're not a lost cause i'm saying to somebody you are not a lost cause you don't have two pennies to rub together you're still not a lost cause oh you are born of a single parent you're still not a lost cause oh uh, you're not born with silver spoons in your mouth you're still not a lost cause you are born with plastic spoons in your mouth you're still not a lost cause because god invested his eternity in you how do you know god invested eternity jesus died on the cross that's all you need to know let's stop complicating this thing don't live your life on an opinion poll oh glory be to god Don't live your life on opinion, poll. Opinions change left, right, and center. Today is good to eat red meat. Tomorrow is bad to eat red meat. It's almost as if you're going schizophrenic. Eat this, don't eat that. This pill is good for you. This pill is not good for you. How long are you going to live like that? I am so, I have a holy, holy anger concerning this so what do you know that david faced rejection in his own family he was supposed to be anointed king they even forgot about him what else is rejection he came to esau goliath He was going to bring down Goliath. His brothers were telling him he's a nosy parker. All he wants to do is just cause trouble, cause trouble. Yet, they were there. They never brought Goliath down. Somebody would tell you you're over the top. You're overdoing it. That's their problem. Glory be to God. I'm going to end this. By introducing you to the person who called you who said you're not a lost cause his name is jesus glory be to god god invested himself in you because he knew you're not a lost cause maybe you're watching me online tonight this afternoon and you feel that you're like naomi Mm -hmm. or maybe you're like ruth and you th- and you find yourself invested in something and it looks like it's going nowhere. Glory be to God. I need you to understand that God is investing in you. And all you have to do is take advantage. See, God is investing in you and he wants to get a return on that investment. And the only return he wants is for you to love him. You see, one of the most famous scriptures is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The word gave, just look at it, that he invested. The way to really look at it is for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Maybe you're watching online right now. I don't know where you are. Jesus is waiting at the well for you he just wants you to come home he's like the he's like the father of the prodigal son his arms are wide open he's asking you to come oh but i've made too many mistakes i've done too many bad things He it just come all the same oh nobody likes me just come all the same nobody wants me he's saying i want you all you have to do is just invite him into your life Ask him to be your Lord and Savior. Surrender to him. See, Ruth surrendered to the Lord. I'm just going to pause quickly and just say this. You know, surrender is just a daily thing. Surrender is not something that you're waiting to, to get a result. You just surrender. You say, today I surrender to the Lord. And tomorrow, you say, tomorrow I surrender to the Lord. Wednesday, I surrender to the Lord. Just take it a day at a time. So maybe you're listening to me right now. Jesus loves you and he wants to have a relationship with you. He wants to be with you. He wants you like, a, 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 like, you know, the scripture says, as the deer pants for water. Jesus is panting for you. He wants to love you. The love that you never received. The love that no man can give you. Jesus is waiting to give you. He's waiting and he has bags and bags and bags of it. He will never run out of love. He will never run out of the love that he has for you. Glory be to God. When all eyes close, let's just pray. Maybe you haven't made that decision for the Lord. Or maybe you made a decision one time and then you walked away from him. It's time to come home. It's time to come home. His arms are wide open for you right now. Just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I realize I am a sinner and I need a savior. I believe that you died on the cross and rose up the third day that my sins may be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I invite you right now. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my master be my savior thank you lord for forgiving me thank you lord for accepting me in jesus name well if you have made that commitment glory be to god i want to ask you please uh you know get in touch with us on the website genesislifecenter.com uh or you can call us you know uh you can check i can't remember the phone number right now but you can call us But you know, let us know, you know, and we can help you grow in this faith, in this relationship with Jesus Christ. And maybe you're not around the city, the city of Calgary, maybe you're somewhere else. Find a Bible-believing church where you can grow in your faith. Father, I thank you. I thank you for everyone who's given their life to Christ. I thank you, Lord, that we are no, we are not a lost cause. Thank you, Father, that you have invested in us. Help us to know you more, oh God. Give us the grace not to lean onto our own understanding. Help us to deal with self, not to make an idol of self, oh God. Above all, oh God, I ask that your name be glorified and the enemy be terrified. In Jesus' name, I hope we've been blessed.
0: Thank you for joining our online church. To connect with us, please go to our website, genesislifecenter.com. Please follow us on social media. On Facebook, you can find us under Genesis Life Center. On YouTube, you can find us under Genesis Life Center 01. On Instagram, Genesis Life Center. And on Twitter, Genesis Life Cent. Thank you.